Take your enjoyment of Smodco Podcast to the next level by checking out a live Smodco show. Hollywood Improv babbles on with Kevin Ralph, Friday, February 26th. Muse heads to Wizard World Cleveland, February 26th through 28th. Babble on with Kevin Ralph, March 4th at the Hollywood Improv. March 4th through 6th, comic book men's Mike and Ming are at Central PA Comic Con. Hollywood Babylon at the Hollywood Improv on March 18th. HBO at the Improv in Hollywood on Friday, March 25th. Kev brings his one-man show to the Ringling College of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida on March 26th. Celebrate April Fool's Day with HBO at the Hollywood Improv. Iowa City gets an evening with Kevin Smith on April 9th. Kev inflates the Helium Comedy Club with two shows on April 10th and again on the 11th in St. Louis. Get old with Jay and Bob Thursday, April 14th at the Irvine Improv. April 15th means two things. Your taxes are due and you need to catch Babylon at the Hollywood Improv. Mike and Ming are at PopCon April 15th and 16th in Evansville, Indiana. Monday, April 18th, Charlotte, North Carolina gets Kevin for two shows. April 19th, Kev performs twice in Richmond, Virginia. An evening with Kevin Smith in Atlanta on April 20th. Austin, get ready for Kevin Smith's solo at the Moon Tower Comedy and Oddity Fest, April 22nd. April 22nd through 24th, Muse hits Motor City Nightmares. Jay and Silent Bob get old in Austin on April 23rd. Jersey reunites with Kev in Atlantic City on April 30th. Tickets to these and all Smodco shows are available now at Smodcast.com. But no, you sound great, dude. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you want to just record it? Did you want to take it live? What do you want to do? Are you okay with uh, it's, live? Uh, it's totally up to you. We can go live. We can do whatever. I figured you were figuring stuff out, so it was going to be like a kind of run and gun episode. A mm, little bit, but not so much. I just need to see if I can do the line input. But I'm always down to go live. I can... I can, can handle live. You, you can I, don't, re- I don't. I don't get the. I don't get the nervous jitters. You know, like going live. I don't have that. Boy, because it, it doesn't change the experience at all, really. Not really. No, and and, and basically, we always well, we just kind of put it out there anyway. So, you know what? And if I say something awful, mm-hmm. I I feel like I'm an okay person, so I don't think I'm going to say anything that's that terrible. Mm-hmm. And if I do. Well, it'll teach me a lesson. Like, yeah. be a better person. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it'll make you a better human being. Sure. More than church would, I'll tell you that. Okay, let's run this, and then we'll try church running would. an interrupt. Yeah, you remember Churchwood, right? That was actually a TV show, wasn't it? Harold Churchwood. I, I, went to, I think I went to high school with Harold, Harold Churchwood. That's a guy who thought he would make lots of money by muling pencils down to Mexico. <laughs> You know what I mean? Harry Harry Churchwood. I don't just, know why Harry I don't know why Harry popped into my head when I heard Churchwood. He is like but. literally the world's worst criminal is what he is. <laughs> Harry Churchwood. Not to be confused He's, with Harry Mudd. Actually, he could be like an amazing criminal. Like number 3 on the like top 10 most wanted. It's Harry Churchwood and I don't know. Who's uh, who are like the top the top most wanted i don't actually know and it would be harry churchwood and fuzzy religious hard-on i'm in i'm I'm literally searching like fbi's top 10 most wanted right now because i'm so curious so it's like victor manuel garina glenn stewart godwin hey wait a minute Dude, why are you putting netheads on the radar of the not the FBI, but of the of the top ten most wanted? They're like Fidel Urbina, why is, William Bradford Bishop. Why why is this netheads talking about William Bradford? 
We're like getting flagged now by Anna. Why you got to bring this heat on us, man? Well, the worst part is Harold Churchwood is going to be all over this because he's big on the internet. Oh, yeah, he is. Big time. <laughs> well, because he's trying to figure out how to unload those pencils. Never mind. Folks, l- listen up. New episode of NetHeads right now. With clever meme, with funny tweet, I'll never leave my office seat. Those who think they know what's right, listen on Sundays to NetHeads, all right? He's got to throw some cold water on the situation. Start talking about nerd stuff. You know, nerd culture is mainstream now. So when you use the word nerd derogatorily, it means you're the one that's out of the zeitgeist. System activate. This is NetHeads with Will Wilkins and Trent Hunsaker. It's a tech podcast. Tech podcast. But we are a sh- ton cooler than your typical geek, giving you the info you need to achieve mega nerd status. Mega nerd status. NetHeads. 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 You guys rock. And now, here's Will and Trent. Or, Jesus, that's loud. <laughs> well, it is to me. I don't, I don't know if it is overall. But that's what happens when you screw around with the way your studio's wired up. This stuff should really be, like, faded out anyway, you know? Like, why is it playing sure. to the end? It's not like I'm trying to queue up the next disc to keep the party bumping. Yeah, you want to keep it. You're like a DJ tonight, yeah, just exactly. like exactly. Well, I feel dun, 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 like, I feel that way. By the way, Josh Shifter once again sitting in for uh, Trent Hunsaker out on assignment. Uh, yeah, welcome where, to Netheads. For, on assignment, where is Trent? Like, he's on what, assignment. What What does that mean? It means he's on assignment. He is. Someone's given him an assignment, and he's out doing it. This assignment that you speak of, it's it, yeah. he's he's like he's like out there trying to. Um, find the cure for some disease or long lost brother long lost brother that'd be great i'd I mean, watch it, that show it, well we did Trent it was called on the kung hunt. fu you know you're just wandering aimlessly through the desert by the yep. way did you ever watch kung fu and wonder why there was well, you know amongst all those scenes of of david carradine's character walking around at one point he's okay. literally walking in a desert and i don't think anybody really does that except people no, that live not- in one and there's no reason to. There's no. never a reason to walk through a desert. Absolutely not. By the way, Josh, I think uh, the last time this podcast was done, I think you were you were on it as well. Um, and I, it's been so long, no idea when. Uh, but I'm I, I gotta loop back because I've listened to that show a few times. Not that I'm sure. full of myself, but apparently, yeah, yeah. To hear your own voice, you've gone back in time to just just live through the moments that we had before. There you go. You know, remind myself of something that was fun. I guess. Sure. I don't know. I was at the, neither here nor there. Um, I just wanted to bring up one point, and that was the funny thing and awkward thing that I started the last episode on, and that was that I came home and I found my wife like 10 minutes into <laughs> 50 Shades of Grey, the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, but to my relief. I thought it was going to be like the awkward moment when your house fills with gas and you end the podcast going like, hey, we could die. No, no, no. So that's, talk that's, to you later, Josh. No, that's not the... No, let's... No, nobody cares about that. Clearly, I'm talking. <laughs> They've seen me tweet, but oh, I haven't so, mentioned anything about, you know, sure. the great loss and all my life ablaze. <laughs> so, yeah, everything's fine. 
Everybody, we're fine here. How so, are you? So, um, but, so the e- the evening started with Fifty Shades of Grey and ended with Fifty Shades of Gas. Pretty much. Hey, that's, there's a, that's, that's a, how my son was conceived. Woo! So just we'll we'll go with that. That is so nice. I have never been four <laughs> minutes into a show and already had the title. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Gas. Um, I'm relieved though that she thought that the acting was so terrible. She was ready to call it right then anyway. So. I haven't seen it. I can't even talk. Like I'm such a dad. I haven't seen anything. I see. I saw Deadpool. Oh, see now you've restored my faith in humanity, though. I saw Deadpool. I you had. I think. I really, honestly think anyone that wants to call themselves or a nerd or a geek and ever attended a con, I th- really think we were uh, legally required to go see Deadpool. And I don't even. I don't even like. I wouldn't consider myself. A geek or a nerd? I'm, I'm, I probably am, but I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the kind that just like throws myself out there saying like I'm totally into geek culture or nerd culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I used to read comics and I totally used to be that guy, but now I, I don't see anything. I don't go out to movies. I didn't. I still have not seen Star Wars. I'm not even kidding. You know, I, in all honesty, I get that. Um. But I am a total like horror movie fan, and I'm an R-rated movie fan, and anything with vulgarity, dude, I'm and, in. And boy, oh boy, does Deadpool deliver on that, doesn't it? And I had, I had to be part of this. I had to be part of the zeitgeist of adultness. You've got to throw right some cold now, water on this situation. Start talking about nerd stuff. You know, nerd culture is mainstream now. So when you use what the is word going nerd on? derogatorily, it means you're the one that's out of the zeitgeist. <laughs> Right there in the intro, buddy. Right there. Zeitgeist. So, I but I felt like I, I for the first time in my life, I actually felt like I was part of the Zeitgeist. Because I'm an R-rated movie fan. Like yeah. I like Kevin Smith movies because they c- talk about dicks and masturbation. Like that's humor to me. Hi, mom. So <laughs> So I went to Deadpool going like I I got to be a part of this, right? Mm. I'd hope it so. Matter, it doesn't matter if it's a comic book or not. I got to hear the dick and fart jokes in mo- pop culture. I, it finally made it. It finally made it, Will. Yeah, it really did. Uh, it The movie delivered. Here's the, here is the nice thing about the Deadpool movie. Without saying anything about the content of the Deadpool movie, my wife, yeah, she'll watch, you know, the other superhero movies. Um they did the right thing with the advertising because my wife was interested in seeing the Deadpool movie. Yeah. Uh, and then they got her in. She watched it. A week later, Saturday night, last night, wife and I get to have yet another date. It's a miracle. And what happens? That's twice. We, we, went to, we went to go see it again last night. So metal. So metal. Dude, it, there is so there's much, no, there's so much in that imagine? movie. How can you not go twice? I totally agree. And I went and saw it with a friend of mine, a dude. Mm-hmm. And as I was sitting there watching it, because I didn't, I honestly didn't know if my wife would make it through it. Because the way people talked about it, I thought this movie was going to be like things I can't say. Like they acted like it was the most vulgar movie ever made. Well, I mean, it's not every. I mean, I can only think of one other time where we see a main character getting. Um, Nailed from behind as a guy. Sure, sure. but that's 
but it was done in fun. Like that's the thing. Like you never watch the movie going like this is so vulgar. And and I and the beautiful part about that scene, and I, I won't say anything about it other than that I I think that uh, Mr. Ryan Reynolds at Man City Reynolds on Twitter, if you want to follow him, if you aren't already. Here's um, the thing, man. I, I, I think gonna spoil, he, I, I'm going to spoil it right no, 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 here, don't, right now. Don't, no, no, don't, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to spoil it right now. But he reacted Ryan, the way every man would. Wouldn't you agree? I, no, I'm not going to spoil that. I'm going to spoil the no. fact that Ryan Reynolds put himself out there for this role. Literally. Like, he put everything he could into this movie. Yeah. Everything. The, every moment is slightly embarrassing for a guy who was at one point sexiest man alive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he still is. Let's be honest. And where's the mask through most of the movie? Yeah. How awesome is that? I just I love everything about this movie. I really do. I think it's so fucking awesome. Well, that I, this movie could happen. Correct me if I am wrong. Everyone will. Um, this movie exists because Ryan Reynolds explicitly wanted this movie to happen i mean that, oh, yeah. that's the one oh. thing that's kept it alive all these years i love he went on so the thing that actually like the studio did their like pitch video for this and one of the things about this movie that i really love is that the director of the movie um is an animator like he's a he works for blur studio he's like this he's an animation guy who's done animation yeah. for like four and all these other movies tim like, miller the, right yeah tim miller is his name He's the guy who did, if you saw, is it the first Thor movie or the second Thor movie? It's that animated sequence through the credits. Maybe I'm the only one who knows what I'm talking about because I, when I see a credit sequence with animation, I'm like, ooh, animation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. But like, I, he, it's one of the Thor movies. He did the animation for that, and he's a really talented animator or has a really talented animation crew. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you watch this movie, you're like, yeah, an animator made this movie. It's like a cartoon come to life. You know what? I, I never thought of it that way, but it's true. It does. It, it uh, with the act, it really is. It, it's, it's, it's if live action happened and one character was treating it like a cartoon. Yeah. And it's like, because we grew, I, maybe not you, I don't, I don't know how old you are, but did you grow up during the Saturday morning cartoon era? Oh, I lived for it. Uh, didn't you? Spider-Man like was... and his amazing friends. I even remember the. I was around during the uh, the live action era as well when we would get things like. Sure. Um, crap, I can't even remember the name of any. But one of them was, it was the uh, Shazam ISIS power hour or whatever. Yeah, whatever. I, I totally know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up during the the Saturday morning cartoon um, watching, you'd watch, you know, Batman, the Adam West Batman. That was like my jam, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. This is the Adam West Batman for us because we're grown ass men now mm-hmm. that don't want to watch the kid version. So like the Adam West Batman was in the 70s and 80s or even in the 90s in reruns and whatever. But like that sort of mentality where they were kind of tongue in cheek silly and they knew they were silly Mm -hmm. now the people who watch that are grown up so we need r-rated versions of that to enjoy it that's what this was it It never it never felt anything more than fun 
Well, how could it not when it opens the way it does? Which, by the way, now Best that intro you, I've ever seen in a movie, and Best now that you mention it, ever. you can tell it was made by an animator because it is so. Guys, I got to tell you, the opening of this movie is just so beautiful. It really is. It is a work of art. And if you're wondering what it is, it, it, it's actually a moment in the film. But it yeah, is, that comes later, right? Yeah, it's and like, it's frozen in time. And we are seeing all of these little elements of it. And it, it, just imagine a 3D and, journey and backwards through it around it, everything. And genius marketing, because you saw that scene play out in the trailer. You know it's the scene that happens with the car on the street, and you kind of see the things that are happening, mm -hmm. but then things get revealed later that you didn't know from the trailer, and that you wouldn't have gotten, you know, like the guy getting the the, the lighter put in his mouth, whatever. Mm -hmm. there's, there's little elements that play out as a funnier joke later. Also, the fact that his love interest is from Firefly is so fucking awesome. I, there's just so much good stuff in this movie. I I, I think that is the most nudity that uh, Marina. No, ma, ma, what's her name? Baca I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I, hold on, let me be Trent today. I'm gonna look it up. Marina Bakker Bakker. I, I I hope you can't come up with it because whenever I listen to the podcast, it's always you talking about stuff, and then Trent looks things up. Oh, okay. And I want I want to play the part of Trent today. It, it is. Uh, uh, Morena. Uh, uh, shit. Now it's not coming up. Morena. Morena Bakarin. Bakarin. Is ba that right? Ba B a c c a r i n. Bakarin. Fuck it. Good enough for government work. Uh, I'm and I'm only saying this. <laughs> I'm only I'm only bringing this up because, like, honestly, if you have watched her career, like you said, she was the prostitute in Firefly, which, by the way, mm -hmm. dignified profession in the future. Yep. Um, and then, you know, next most notable role for me is in Homeland and, you know, she, you got some veiled nudity there, but then this is like, so there's almost like an evolution of that too. Was, but um, yet at the same the, time. What was the thing with the aliens? V? Was it called V? Wasn't yes. She, that she was in well? that as well. She was the yeah. mother alien in that one. Yeah. You know, that's what I saw. And I, I'm pretty, maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to feel like an idiot if I'm wrong, but wasn't she in season two of Gotham Am she I was wrong? you're okay, right so, I always get nervous that I'm saying something like way stupid you know <laughs> we can't really live in a fear of that anymore only because it, it's it, in today's age with all the pedantic attitudes that uh, go on it, somebody's always going to correct you on something anyway sure yeah, but if, only... it, if it wasn't her in Gotham and someone's like dude are you are you talking about enter other name of a brunette you know, like someone complete. Then I feel like I I was generalizing. You know what I mean? Like there's this element of me going like, oh god, am I wrong? No, I don't think. I think that's okay. I think you're. I think you're safe. I'm for, safe for okay. me. For me, as long as I'm safe. But it was her in Gotham, right? It was because okay. somebody only because I think I heard Mark Bernard mention it. <laughs> I don't watch. And I don't watch Gotham. I haven't watched it this season, so that's why I watched the first season and, and semi enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's things I did not like about it. I won't bring up here. But well, you know, let me just say this: fuck Gotham. Let's talk more Deadpool. Um, sure. <laughs> that's, that's, because I, I, the only thing about Deadpool that I don't like is all of that the last set piece. No, nope. oh, God, no. 
I thought that was an interesting. I mean, that was my only gripe with the whole movie. I just I get that it is playing off of the Marvel universe as this right. like inside joke, but call it out. There's no reason for this big set piece without a reason. He never calls it out, and it it came out of nowhere. That was my only gripe, and it's it's Folks, actually a minor gripe because I can get really the joke. you can really see this in the commercials at, at least at one point. The final action sequence takes place on what looks like a, a uh, one of those uh, shield hovercrafts, the hover carriers, yeah. but it's being taken apart is what it looks like, or it, it got blown. I don't know what happened to it. Who knows? And they've straight up said, like, they modeled it after that. that it's, it's, it's an inside joke. They're yeah. making fun of the Marvel Universe. I but, get that. But, but the but question is, uh, first why? of all, how are the bad guys <laughs> able to be standing around dismantling something that, you know, I really think people wouldn't leave laying around to let other people tear it apart like the bad guys. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. And and uh, honestly, that part of the movie was also the one that had the only questionable, uh, what I'll call like mat work being done. Yeah. Because like when they're, uh, their approach to the, the final set piece in some ways was like the, the heroes doing their walk up. At one point, that effect was ruined for me because it was very clear that they were against an artificial background. Um, but other than that, I didn't I didn't mind it so much. I also kind of get it because, you know, it's easier in production to probably make an environment like that a set, if you will, than it is something else in, you know, the real world. Because then you're either in the real world having to shoot this shit or... You are in this uh, fabricated world in a fabricated place, and uh, you're easy. It's easier to model that in 3D as well. So, sure. I, my I, my I, gripe was with the fact that they didn't call it out at all. So, like, there was no reason that they were meeting at this location. Like, they never set it up as like this location is important for a reason. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, well, it's only. I spent the whole time going like, "When are they gonna take us? When is when is Deadpool gonna go like, oh yeah, by the way, because that's the whole movie is Deadpool like taking us through that fourth wall like or that third wall, whatever. Like, dude, we're not really in this world. Or by the way, this thing. So oh, I was waiting oh. for him to be like, by the way, it doesn't actually look this cool. I just made this up. Or saying something blatantly obvious like. Uh, Oh, taking apart a carrier, huh? Why are you hovering around here? Exactly. Something. Yeah, exactly. And that never happened. So it just felt kind of out of place to me in that world, in in his world. I think the thing about this movie that 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 comes across best uh, is exactly what you said, and that's that I think everybody that was making this movie just had a great fucking time doing it. But isn't that what comic book movies should be? It, I think that's what any movie should be. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you should never have a movie where you got uh, not Christopher Nolan. What, what's the other guy's name? Um, you know, it doesn't matter. The guy that played Batman. Come on, Will. Can't the guy who played. The, yeah. The guy who played Ben Affleck just played him. Not the one before him. And you're going for um. Yeah, see, it's, it's it's when we need it, you can't get it. And when you start like throwing out names, it immediately makes me forget anything that Christian Bale. I should, yeah, Christian Bale is the name. Why was I bringing him up? Oh, because there was so that, serious. There was that famous incident where he just 
melted down on the set because the light technician. Oh, good for you. Exactly. That kind of thing shouldn't happen. People should just, you're making pretend for a living. Have a good time at it. Even if it's serious, fucked up shit. You know, you should still be having a good time making the product. I I agree to a certain extent. And, and now, like, here's it, where I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay. Because I've directed quite a bit of stuff. <laughs> I I know I'm gonna I'm gonna play that card. Mm. I get that actors need to get in a zone. Like there is an element of acting where you can't have like someone walking around carrying a light in front of you when you're trying to perform something. Mm-hmm. It, whether it's stage or making a movie, if it you just need to be in that moment to do an actual good performance, and I think. Christian Bale thought that he was making the Citizen Kane of the Terminator movies. Clearly. Now, he was making a Terminator movie. Let's be honest. (laughs) Their fucking T2 is amazing, but it's not amazing because of its artistic craft and acting. (laughs) No. So he should have known what he was in for and not blown up on set about something so silly. I, I can't believe that, that we're actually getting into a dialogue where you're apologizing for Christian Bale all these years later. I know, I know, totally. Are, but I, again, <laughs> I want to talk about I'm a Deadpool. director, man. I can't help it. I'm I'm always looking out for my actors. That's what directors do, right? But he's not your actor. He's not my actor, but he's an actor. And maybe someday, uh, maybe what if hey. what if Christian Bale comes to me? He's like, I, I heard you. I heard you defending me about. The, the the light guy who did the thing on the set. Um, kudos, sir. I want to be in your movie. I'm like, hey, Christian Bale, I have a backyard. You want me to set up a camera? You, you literally out? sound like Jonah Hill's character from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew him when. <laughs> I knew him when. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have t- you know, whatever Amazing. it was said about him. Uh, but that's what you sound like. But, you know, hey, okay, fine. Fucking great. You love Christian Bale. Glad to know. I, I actually do love Christian Bale. I think he is an amazing actor. I, I really do. I do, too. I, only because I think any actor that's able to go to the extremes for their craft, you know, like he did for that one where he got really super skinny. Um, what one oh, was it? The Machinist? Yeah. yeah, The Machinist is great. But I am I'm a huge American Psycho fan. Like, I, I think his Patrick Bateman is rad. You know what's great? I, I, is that in this exchange, I can tell you I've still never seen American Psycho. <laughs> what about his, um, what else? What, he was really good in, there's another one he got really skinny in, the um, the the fighter. I haven't seen that one. Oh my God, you just don't, do you watch movies? I do, yeah. Well, I, we're coming talking about Deadpool. Hasn't seen Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> well that's why I didn't feel bad making the admission because, you know. No, you shouldn't feel bad, that's the thing, you shouldn't feel bad at yeah. all. Don't 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 make me don't make don't it ju- about that man. Hey, don't judge me. Don't make it about that man. Just don't. <laughs> um I think the other thing that I I really dread about the Deadpool movie is all the ways Hollywood is going to fuck up the lesson to learn from this. Oh my god, yes. James Gunn just went out and uh threw out a tweet about or he did like a, a Facebook post about that. Because a bunch of people compared Deadpool to Guardians, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That must be said, why I'm doing. That's must be where I'm getting it from. I wonder if I read that. And it it's true. Deadpool took a lot from Guardians. It didn't take itself seriously. It was self. It was self deferential, and it also used an interesting soundtrack. 
lots of things from Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, though, I, I think you say those elements, but honestly, those are the elements that are required for a good Deadpool movie, and which is what we got. There was a breaking the fourth wall, and you notice the music, like popular music, was used to a minimalist, and I was really impressed with the overall soundtrack as well. Just and, like the use of the deep tones and... And the other interesting thing is they went outside of the box where they did... Did you did you catch the Deadpool rap? No. What? Yeah, so there there's a, a sequence in the movie where there's a Deadpool rap where they actually do... They, they like basically pull a 90s rap sequence and have the rapper saying what's happening on screen like Deadpool he's here to rock the house gonna kill a guy gonna oh, cut yeah, off the, his face the music so, that was happening at the same time that he was going through the crew trying to find Francis yep. and that they call that the Deadpool rap which is basically exactly what they did in like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 and a bunch of other movies in the 90s and they took a 90s soundtrack so they went straight up 90s with it as opposed to um, Guardians that went like late 70s, early 80s with the soundtrack. Yeah, it felt that way. And um, kind of makes sense, but that that's what I, I actually thought. And James Gunn said the same thing in his post where he's like, yeah, they took a 90s soundtrack because they were making like a 90s cartoon for adults now who grew up during the 90s. Like it totally makes sense. Just like I made an 80s movie for people who grew up in the 80s he said and he said like it's not a matter of them taking something from me it's them taking something that's actually good like it's just a good idea Mm -hmm. and that that, i thought that was awesome that i didn't i never thought about it while i watched the movie like they're stealing this from james gunn and guardians because it's just a good thing to take it's it's makes total sense well it did i personally did not uh take any of that away when i was watching the movie so me neither like i didn't think about it twice but apparently some people did you know there is a lot of people that overthink things when they see a movie how about instead uh you just watch a movie and you fucking like it if you don't like it don't say shit but don't go here's the thing folks okay go ahead and just be proud to enjoy what it is you enjoy. You don't have to shit on other people's stuff. You know, just because you're like hardcore Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, don't shit on Deadpool. And, and you I, don't. If you I'm like, hardcore Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. It's a it's, great. It's so. Well, and, and that's the thing about Deadpool. This, again, signs of great movies, rewatchability. Guardians, excessively rewatchable. I could rewatch totally. the fuck out of that movie and i I feel like deadpool is the same way even though the content in it is a lot more uh, aggressive but still i god there was just so much in that movie that was just enjoyable especially like the way cyclops is so goody two shoes goody i mean he's in the middle of a battle with a woman but then he gets all i mean who, who by the way they're both knocking the hell out of each other all over the place but at one moment she has a nip slip and he's covering his ha- he's holding his hands up so the camera's not seeing anything and you know he tells her and gives her the time to get it reset before she you know gets back up and starts kicking his ass again. 
because that's like Colossus is that way. He's a yeah, he's, exactly. I I don't know. I just and I love the all of the self referential stuff in the movie, including uh, when uh, Deadpool is at the ma- stops by the front door of the match. It's like funny big place and all i see is every you too it, it's like the studio couldn't afford more x-men or by yeah, other and he, he he makes a reference to the two xaviers he's like oh, so God, is this yeah. gonna be the Stuart or the mcavoy Stuart and mcavoy it's so hard to keep the timeline straight so good man. oh that oh, line God, it's just good writing by the way hard to hear that line so i don't feel bad saying it but the, the other line too that i loved wasn't even it's the only other time that i think one of the characters breaks the fourth wall and it wasn't Deadpool. It was TJ Miller's character when he's literally handing the card over that helps him get to the point where he becomes Deadpool. And he says, uh, this creepy guy was looking for you here might help move the plot. <laughs> oh, nice. And you're so like, good. Oh, I, I, there's a lot of greatness. I think in that movie, just a, a, I do too. a lot I, I, to thoroughly enjoy. I totally agree. It has the vibes of, comic book movie it's a mixture of like the first spider-man movie and hints of fight club Mm -hmm. in a good way like it's totally has these these beats that it should have it felt like a it it felt like a comic book like it totally felt like the way i read deadpool when i read deadpool like it that's exactly what it should have been and for years these comic book movies have been coming out and it feels like they're terrified to make comic book movies sometimes like the comic books are, mm-hmm. you know, because they're trying to put them into movie form. This is the first one where I went like, I read that book. Totally works. Totally works on the big screen. Proof. Yeah, but it it's not going to work for everything. You know no, what I mean? Totally and, 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 and not every comic book is going to work for me in the way it works when I read it it's not going to work on the big screen because I'm going to read it differently than it's going to play. Oh so, my gosh. Do you remember? I didn't pick up on this the first time because I have never seen uh Wolverine origins or whatever the name of that movie was. Sure. The, yep. the Which I did. I totally went and saw it. The one where Ryan Reynolds gets to play Deadpool, but he's not really any Deadpool that we would recognize. And, and he gets his mouth sewn shut and has lasers for eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't see. I caught some of this in footage of something else. So the second time I got a real kick out of him saying this is my most prized possession. And he's basically picking up a Deadpool from the ex, uh, Wolverine Origins thing and in talking in reference to a horrible train wreck and that's the first thing you see yeah there's so much of these little gems in there folks there's it, even a toy he holds up a toy of himself with his mouth sewn shut well that's what i just talked about which, but thanks which for is keeping so, up. which is so fucking oh that's what you were you're talking yeah, about that's literally what I was talking about yeah so fucking good well oh he, my men- God. he mentions the he mentions the actor ryan reynolds i mean yeah well yeah and he like the amount of times that they show magazines with hugh jackman's face and everything else is so fucking solid it's so good man i think the the best part was after seeing the movie i was able to show my wife the <clears throat> leaked footage test footage yeah 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 that yeah the leaked that ryan reynolds said he's 70 percent sure he didn't leak <laughs> Have you heard that? <laughs> no, but that is uh, awesome. Said he's 70% sure he did not leak that. You know, the incredible thing is that this is this may be a moment in history where 
the internet embraced it and somehow in spite of all of the Hollywood executives, the movie got made correctly. I I, I don't know of any other time that this, I mean, it wasn't sh- sure as shit didn't work for snakes on a plane. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, honestly, like guardians of the galaxy, James Gunn had almost full control over that movie. And, like he had his little beats he had to hit, but from everything it sounds like, his script went almost untouched. And you know, that was Disney versus this being Fox. I think Fox just went like, Yeah, let them do it. Let them let them make it. Let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Let's say fuck it and try it out. Which is what they need to do. They need to let their directors direct and their writers write and just make that movie. <laughs> Opening credits, uh, Written by the real heroes here. <laughs> exactly, it's totally true. Hey, and yeah. the and it's something we're seeing a lot more of is writers actually proud of their writing. Like I follow, do you know you know who Brian Lynch is, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, Brian Lynch is so proud of um, what he did with the Despicable Me franchise. You know, mm-hmm. he did the Minions movie, and. I, I really enjoyed the first Despicable Me movie. And then the second one was was okay. And my my kid, he's three years old and just loves these characters, the minions. Mm-hmm. He loves them. So I was I, somewhat skeptical to go see the movie just because I was like, eh, it's like a spin-off thing. Went and saw it. Genius. And everything I hear from Brian Lynch about the movie is like he had actual control over the writing. Like he wrote a script and that script turned into a movie. Guess what? It was good. When you make the script the writers make, it turns out fun to watch. Who would have believed it? Well, one of the things we've we've mentioned a few times here on NetHeads when it hasn't been Josh sitting in with me uh, when Trent was here. Uh, and by the way, Trent's still here. He's just on assignment. Don't bring it up again. Don't say a word. Don't, where is, don't by, the, by the way, where is, where's, where's Trent? Like we've said a few times here, um, the, the Pixar movies are a perfect example of how putting the story up front and letting the creative people mold that story organically just works. So, it, yeah. yeah. And- a cool thing about Pixar is I went to this uh, this thing. It was like a sit down with the writers thing for Pixar. And those guys talked about the fact that they let their animators give input into the writing. And before the movie is, it goes into storyboard, they have their whole crew give ideas. Like they write them down on pieces of paper and throw out ideas. And some of that stuff actually sticks. Like it's a total collaboration. They don't they don't have one guy sitting in a room who's like, I'm a genius. I'm going to write this down. They actually collaborate on ideas and find the best stuff. And no one treats anything as sacred. They like talked about that, how like no one gets attached to any babies. They all just like let this collaboration come together. Obviously, it works, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so far we've seen it time and time again. Uh, and and really, it's it's amazing the product that can happen when the executives do the smart thing and let their trust lay in the people that they're trusting to create this stuff. Speaking of creating stuff, didn't you just like create something? I did. I uh, yeah, I just made a short film. 
I've got like I got so many irons burning right now. It's crazy. But I I just did the short film, and one of the things I wanted to come on here and talk about is so. I did this short film. It's been accepted to a whole bunch of film festivals. It's really stupid. <laughs> Basically, I put myself into a movie. <laughs> I went like, what's the only thing I know at this point in my life? And that's being a dad. Mm -hmm. So I made a movie about being a dad, and it's called The Ten Things You Learn in the First Year of Being a Dad. And the movie plays out. It's a short film, like five minutes long, and it plays out like a video you'd see in a birthing class if they went... All right, moms go into this room where you learn to do actual things that matter. Dads, go into this room and we're going to show you a video. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, you don't really. Hey, welcome to the. Sorry about that. <laughs> you don't really do that much. You just are dads. Just be dads. So that's what the video is. But I'm in this competition right now. And um, if you go to YouTube and like my video if you if you like search on youtube 10 things z fest the festival that it's submitted to is is the z fest film festival and like that i can win a couple bucks and those couple bucks go to making my next movie so oh. you know there's that okay hold on let me let me grab it real quick here because what I'll do is I'll go over to the Twitter and then we'll make sure that uh, the, the netheads go ahead and tweet out. Uh, the cool. At That'd be Flush awesome. Studios. Yeah. Here, let me. Um, it's if you go to if you go to I've been tweeting about it. Like I'm. I feel like I'm such a sellout tweeting about it like constantly. Um. It is this right here. Mm-hmm. Oh, it started. That's what you were tweeting because I heard it. I heard it play like a little dingle of. Oh, the very of, opening. Me grabbing yeah, the that, video link. Yeah, right here. I, I'm I'm tweeting it to netheads right now. Um, this is it. I mean, it, it it is what it is. It's it's a fun little stupid video I made, and it's been accepted to a bunch of film festivals, so that's cool. But the money that I or the money I earn from this, if I earn any money, mm -hmm. is going to go towards the most insane idea you've ever heard. Like, uh, I took what I learned from working on Tusk, because I worked on Kevin Smith's movie Tusk, um, which is basically make what you want to make. Mm -hmm. That's what I learned from Tusk. It's just like, do what you want to do, right? And what I want to do is make a movie on Super 8 film about a killer ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your dreams, sir. I'm just, I, you well, know, because I, I, I am laughing at my dreams. I'm sitting here going like, what kind of an idiot wants to make that movie? And it's me. I'm the idiot. But I want to make. We we just got done spending, uh, 39 minutes <laughs> talking about this, and it's true. You um work on what you like, because nobody else is gonna give you work that you want to do. <laughs> no one else is going to make a movie about a killer ventriloquist dummy on Super 8 film. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're doing it on Super 8 film because then you're you're just going for the full retro schlock flavor. And I like I that. am. And that's the thing is, like, I went and saw Tarantino's movie on 70. Like, I went and I, I, I they, he did his, like, tour. Mm -hmm. He did uh, Hateful Eight on 70. And I went to that and I was like, man, I remember when I was a kid watching Super 8 film. Like, I remember it, you know, showing up in class and stuff like that in grade school. 
And I always loved the way it looked because it was so sloppy and awful. So what better way to use Super 8 than a killer dummy movie? Like a killer ventriloquist dummy. The movie is going to be called Vinny. The script is in its final point. Like it's not 100% done, but it's like, you know, fourth draft. Mm-hmm. And um, I got my first roll of Super 8 film today. And I'm, oh I'm, te- I'm, I'm testing it out right now. To, I got, you know, do you know Josh Roosh? Is it pronounced Roosh? I think it's Roosh. I Roosh, Roush. I don't know. Yeah, which. Roush. I mean, I'll, I think it's Roush. I think I've said this wrong like five times to him now. But Josh Roush, he I'm, I'm working on another film with him right now. It's called Other Fish. It's a cartoon about um, a, a divorced woman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the fun of divorce. But um, he and I he and I kind of put the script together and, you know, we're, we're doing it for fun. But he asked me when I started posting about Super 8, he's like, do you have a camera? And I was like, nah, I have this old brownie. He's like, I got a really cool Super 8 camera. And he sent it to me. And so I've got a Super 8 camera and Super 8 cartridges now. And and I have a ventriloquist dummy my parents bought me when I was nine. <laughs> that I've just been, my whole life has revolved around the idea of making a killer dummy movie based on the fact that for my for Christmas, one random year, my parents bought me a ventriloquist dummy. Why? What what parent does that? Um, did you already start showing like uh, sociopathic tendencies, or? Well, even if I did, what parent goes like, "Our kid's a little psycho. Let's buy him a ventriloquist dummy." Yeah, you know it all makes sense to me. <laughs> I think it's the opposite. I think I was probably normal as shit, and my parents went like. He's a little normal. Let's buy him a ventriloquist dummy, and now I'm this guy. They rolled up to you like uh, Drago in um, Rocky IV. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We we must break you. We will break you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just not a good episode or podcast unless somebody drops some Rocky IV knowledge. By the way, have you seen this uh, Creed movie yet? I did. I loved it. I have seen the first half hour of it so far, and dear Lord, I want more. Yeah, it's so good. I, it's the one thing like I remember. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get political. Can I do that? Can I get a little political here? Well, I don't know because your dream is a eight millimeter film of a. <laughs> so I I really don't know what your definition of political truly is. So I'm I'll I'll let it fly. Go ahead. So this year I'm a huge fan of the Oscars. Like a big fan of going through the whole Oscar thing i throw an oscar party every year i do that whole thing you know does that make sense am i making sense no run it by me again like the academy awards the oscars like i'm a like i i like doing the party for the oscars and the academy awards you like having people over yep to watch other people succeed yes okay i do that we i do i do that party it's fun for us it's we we like vote on who's going to win best picture, best whatever. Does am I am I totally losing you? You're going like the Oscars? Are you fucking crazy? No, I'm just I'm listening to you. I'm excited okay. to hear about where this is going. So this year the Oscars, the big thing is it's a lot of white people. Jada Pinkett Pinkett Smith did her whole like anti Oscars based on the fact that. You know, there hasn't been a lot of black people nominated. I will say straight up, 
I can agree with her because Michael B. Jordan deserved a nomination, at least. His performance in Creed is awesome. The first 30 minutes I saw, I would have to agree. But I think... I, I think this guy, this Michael B. Jordan, it doesn't matter the role that he is in uh, because he is just a great actor. So I feel that even though he may have not gotten it on this one, it's in his future because even oh, like, yeah, even, like in, Chronicle? even in Chronicle, that's where I was going with yeah. this, even in Chronicle, he was just amazing. You know what I mean? And it, could yeah. ju- it, it really, it could just be his likability because seriously, I don't know what it is about the guy. But he just, you like him. I don't know anybody that doesn't. And even, uh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, uh, the the um, Fantastic Four movie that everyone hated. Now, he, was he the only good thing in it? He was, he was likable. He was fun to watch See? as Johnny Storm, a guy who through my whole life has obviously looked a specific way. He's been he white. He's been white. He should have stood out, never stood out. That whole movie, that was not the thing that I was watching and going like, this is wrong. (laughs) It was everything else. It was a lot of other things in that movie, but it was not Johnny Storm. So Michael B. Jordan, I I wish he would have got a nomination. Um, I'll say I I really enjoyed Creed, and I'm not even a huge Rocky fan. Like, I like elements of the Rocky series, and I definitely take quotes from it, like I would crush you. Like there's things from the Rocky series that I love. Uh-huh. But Creed was an amazing movie. It was really it was a good watch. Well, you know, it has uh it has nostalgia moments, it has continuity, which the geeks like, you know, really, because it's it, it really it's it really Creed was it, I really think since you saw Creed, I feel like maybe you've seen The Force Awakens. In, in, you know, like the whole nostalgia versus new stuff kind of vibe. Sure. So I think yeah, you don't really need to worry about seeing that Force Awakens. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. Don't don't think that I'm not seeing it for some like rebellion reason. I'm I just haven't seen it because there's so much <laughs> else to see. Like I had to see Hateful Eight with my wife in 70 millimeter. I had to see The Revenant just because I had to. I had to see Creed just because. Like, I have these movies I have to go to. I will see The Force Awakens. Maybe. Eventually. <laughs> At some point. I think, I think that's the a safe thing, thing to say. Is, Eventually. I think, I think the biggest thing is the fact that I know that at some point my son will get into Star Wars, mm-hmm. as every kid does. So I'm probably going to see The Force Awakens like 30 times. In a row. Yeah, so just I, save up for it. The, my guess is I'm going to see that long before my kid goes, hey, Dad, can we watch Creed? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I think you're hedging your bets in the right direction, sir. Because, I mean, that's for me, it was not a judgment call to say I can wait for home video. A lot of other movies are, though. You know, it's mm-hmm. like uh, you know, like The Revenant. I'm like, okay, I can wait till I can see that one comfortably in my house. Sure, but you don't strike me as the kind of guy who's going out to see the Oscar pictures like you don't you don't try to see the ones that are more like artistic or you are correct I've got too much other shit I shouldn't even be doing this podcast right now to be honest I've got other (laughs) shit to do but I haven't I haven't talked on the 
I don't think there's been a new episode of this podcast since me, since you, um, and and there's barely been a presence on the brand new website. I mean, it may as well not exist. Yeah, there's probably more of a presence from Trent on the new website, honestly. <laughs> it's right? true. I mean, he's I been on like the. I... It must be so confusing for people. Like, wait a minute, he's not on the podcast, but he's able to write articles. Exactly, it is confusing for us. I, like literally to the point where I'm getting emails like, "Hey man, you want a podcast?" And I'm going like, "But, but Trent, I, I just, I just read something from Trent. Like he's writing things. Where's, where's Trent?" Uh, it's not a great mystery, you know. There's, uh, they're just. It's not a great mystery. <laughs> well, no, it isn't. Much like, much like the way you would, you know, make a decision on uh, whether you want to do a movie right now. I think there are, there just, there is so much going on. In True. Trent's life right now, both, you know, professionally and personally that, you know, I and he has told me time and time again, in case you guys are wondering, that, you know, that he is looking forward to to potting. But I just think there's other part like right now he's literally working two jobs. I think he's working about 65 hours a week. Wow. And I don't really bug the guy because like seriously, he's working a day job. He's working a um. He's also working a graveyard shift somewhere. So sure. I, yeah, I've and the my favorite. I saw him start posting like videos on Twitter and stuff. Trent's an amazing guy. Like he's always doing shit, always making me laugh. Super funny. Yeah, he's keeping it fun. He's keeping it real. But it's I, but he's busy. Yeah, he's crazy busy. Well, and you know, for those of you that aren't aren't aware, um, uh, unfortunately, his dog Sherman. Uh, recently passed so you know he's dealing with that too so sure so you know there's all sorts of things you know i think so then so what what you're saying is people have to deal with me this week again yeah and sometimes things suck and you have to listen to josh talk no no i'm not saying that <laughs> you asked me where trent was i was saying why he's not here <laughs> <I'm just kidding. clears throat> then you're making it about you <laughs> actually you know there also i um I've been, I, there was another time he tweeted and I'm like, hey, everybody, you know, anyone want to talk to me? And I figured out what I was going to do with that, but I never acted on it because like I said, I just rewired the studio. Sure. And that was one of those things that had to be done before I could sit down and talk again in here because I'd rip shit apart, but I hadn't gotten to the point of putting it back together. Yeah. Um, totally. And, and so I forgot where I was going with this. No, I mean, it, it, you guys are really like in a mid season point. Yeah. Which is totally, it has to happen sometimes, right? You got it. Uh, yeah, you got to take a break. And plus, it's been a large number of years of Trent mostly listening to me. So, you know, he, he once he comes back, he'll know that apparently Will is doing more listening than talking now. So, you know, might be a good thing. Might be a bad thing. We don't know. We will At eventually. At the end of the day, I'm just reaping the benefits being able to come on the show and talk to someone because I love talking to people. So it's oh. fun for me when you, whenever I get the email from you like, hey, man, you want a podcast? I just jump on like, fuck yes. Well, you, you bring an important element. You bring a unique sound. You've got a voice that contrasts my own. Uh, as I said, I love listening to you talk. So I'm, I'm good for that. Uh, and I'm it's, glad it's that. Because, it's probably because me and Trent have the same like little brother voice <laughs> and we tend to like to think on our feet 
just keep going. Like, keep talking, keep thinking about... I, that's why I love listening to Trent. Whenever I listen to Trent, I'm like, that guy talks a lot like me. I enjoy him. I enjoy him, too. And someday he will return. Actually, he he's even return. talking about uh, now that he's... He just got his new... Uh, he got his computer back. And now he's uh, going to be making space in the house to be a dedicated studio so i mean he's gearing up but it's it took look it took me how many weeks now just to rewire this shithole so you know and honestly i have to say man our sound this time is a lot better than it was last week or last episode there's been a lot of stuff being done in here very cool yeah so you know it's i like even one of the things uh, right now i i even posted an image of it earlier um I have the benefit at the moment of a 42-inch screen on the wall in my office, uh, sure. but it's from something else, and it's going to be leaving again. Uh, but it has made it abundantly clear to me that I believe I want to get a similar TV to have there because eventually when Trent returns, you know, we were starting to do video, but uh, for a final product, if we wanted to make something that, were, that was uh, distributed from one location... Not only would having uh, Trent up on that monitor when I'm looking at his video feed be great because then I'll literally be talking to him on camera as well as, you know, theoretically kind of in real life. Yeah. But also because um, it, it, it in itself could also be a slightly pulled back shot from the monitor so that way the video presentation uh, in many ways, comes from one person's perspective, which is mine. Not that I'm trying to make it all about me, but but that way, I, I just think it would be a cool visual representation too to be able to switch between you know my camera and his camera, which is actually a shot of that TV on the wall. Because that way, it, you are getting the full experience of what it's like for me. Because I'm literally talking to somebody on a monitor. Sure. Plus, it's yeah, nice I've... having a 42 inch screen in your office. <laughs> of course like you know, who's going to turn that down like and i i've been talking about that because i'm starting up a podcast right now i've recorded a few episodes this week and doing a bunch more next week trying to kind of you know stockpile a few where i i basically want to get together with artists to talk about their art that's like my my favorite thing to do is to talk to people about like their process their inspirations what they do when they get mental blocks all of that kind of thing so I'm starting up this podcast, and I'd love it if at some point it became a live thing with multiple cameras and in my studio, in Flush Studios, oh. you can see the conversation. You know, actually having someone behind the computer flipping between cameras as mm -hmm. I'm talking. That's the dream. Like, will that happen tomorrow? No. no but eventually. That's the dream to someday have. This, this studio where if I have someone on Skype, I could jump between cameras of me and them and in-studio cameras. So, yeah, I totally I totally get where you're coming from, 100%. Well, plus that, I don't know that you may know, but, uh, like, that's what I, when I started first as an internet broadcast professional, uh, that's what I was doing. I was doing a self-switched TV show. That's why when I uh, watch or listen to the Fat Man on Batman video show, uh, it you know with uh, Kevin saying you know give me a one give me a wide give him a give me give him a single give me a two shot, sure. I really I personally know that you can literally set a little box in front of Kevin, and instead of having to ask for a shot, you know as long as they are set up in advance, he could literally just do the cutting himself. He wouldn't have to flip do those. between it. Yeah. yeah, 
Uh, he could direct himself while he's doing it. And that's what I would do, too. I would do the exact same thing, but the whole video show would be switched live, and I would be in control of it. I'd have one camera on me. I could run the effects. I would. We would pull Trent's audio from the same machine that he's displaying on, and I. that's the other benefit of having the, the camera kind of in that setup because then I got the video source on the screen so I can talk to him. I've still got a shot that has him, and I've got a real-world camera, not a USB one, that I could plug into a switcher and switch between the sources. And I'm way too lazy to do that while I try to talk, so I want to bring in like a friend that can do that. You, you, so he's behind the camera there running, you go. running things while I'm just talking because I start talking and try to go to a two-shot and direct myself. I'm, I am no... Tom Hanks. I can't direct myself while I talk. No way can I do that. Like, mm -hmm. I need to think about what I'm saying. So I'd love it if I could have someone behind the computer just going like, oh, Josh is talking, click on this. Go to two shot, click on this. Well, yeah, because so, you just want to be worried about the show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And thinking about, like, how can I get this person to say or, or talk about the next topic I want to talk about? Um... But yeah, that I think that would be rad. And it seems like just looking at the... I have the picture up right now of what you posted earlier. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it would be a really cool setup. Yeah, I could, if I could clean some shit up and do some wires. Because the other thing, too, I, I mean, if I wanted to get into it, that a camera set up in front of that screen, I could literally also do stand-ups in front of things and have you know a video presentation switching yep. behind me. I don't know what I would do that for, but I could. Well, who knows? Like, maybe you'd want to get into, you know, showing showing trailers, showing something else, or, like, even pictures. Mm -hmm. Check out this picture of this, Do and you, then it's there. By the way, I'm going to say something now that is probably going to piss off a great number of people, um, because... So I'm already mad. I don't I'm already mad. You should be. I had the opportunity, and I, I tried a few... I tried one test show, just one. Uh, and then I, I didn't come back to it because it was so much putting that together. I knew that it wasn't going to work this way. And and that was a a video show called Sminopsis. Okay. And what it would be is it was kind of like the, the top five moments from the podcast of the last week. So, you know, you could record it on uh, the weekend or, yeah, you could record it on the weekend summarizing all of last week and then you, you at the end you also say about the stuff that's coming up for this week and then you go and and then what you do is in between the 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 setup bits you run one minute of that audio highlighting the moment and you show the artwork and all that stuff i had the opportunity to do this as my whole point sure. tried it tried it once never came back to it and it would have okay. been and it was it was something that was pitched to me by kevin smith he pitched he pitched me on a project for me, I couldn't get it off the ground. But with that being said, it sounds like a great idea. It sounds hard as shit. That sounds so difficult to figure out. This is coming from a guy who had to find like two minutes of audio to turn into animation. Mm -hmm. I know trying to cut audio from like trying to find clips that work is not as easy as it sounds. There is only. Because oh, sorry. Go ahead. Because there's moments that make you laugh really hard, but they're based on a callback or something else. Or when you hear it play out in a two-minute segment, you just go like, man, it's way funnier if you hear it in 12 minutes. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because it's contextual. That's why you got to find those. And the only way you could do a show like this is if you were actively listening during the week as it's happening and then making note of it while you're listening. It's like, oh, shit, that was a good one right there. Boom, boom, boom. And part of doing Smotimations for me was almost it got to the point where I just went because, you know, I, I did like maybe five or six of them. Mm-hmm. And I think I actually all together, I probably did like maybe eight, but I got to the point where I was just randomly picking an episode I knew I enjoyed and going, all right, this one I thought was funny. Let's find something in it and trying to cut something together from that because you can't, it's really hard to find a clip that just works on its own in a small chunk. You could find a whole episode that you know makes you laugh, but finding that little clip is a lot more difficult. So even in a week, if it's like, hey, this is the only episode you have to pick from, what's the two minutes or the the 30 seconds or whatever, 15 seconds that you pick? Mm-hmm. Very difficult. Well, and you're trying to do, like with me, with that concept, it would have been real easy because it's just like one or two versions of the album artwork and, and you know, uh, like a URL where you could find that show. And that's it. That's all you need. Sure. Uh, or that's all I would need. You, well, you however. It, you, you say real easy, but I still don't think it's real easy. No, no, it sucked. But, but my <laughs> point is, I wasn't really trying to turn it into a full visual medium. I was sure. trying to do a partial visual medium. Uh, something that plays great, like you said, in 12 minutes or, or 14 minutes uh, but you got to condense it down to two minutes. Now you've got two problems because uh, one, you're trying to to make something, but now you're also having to contend with pacing because it yeah. uh, audibly it may be entertaining and okay, but when you're tying the visual medium in, it may be like even I I would imagine even an extra second could be a pain in an eternity to fill for the animation. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, it becomes like it, a lot of the the battle becomes when you're doing something like that. It's just, goddamn, I wish they hadn't talked over each other mm-hmm. because you know, Scott ends a sentence perfectly, but then Kevin cuts him off. So how do I fix that? You know, it's funny you mention or, that because my good friend, part of the reason why my studio had to go through this experiment of having you know, all four channels of audio separated. So I don't even know if I've mentioned that on the show, what I did, but every single channel of audio now. Okay. Yep. Cause, Cause we got different things. We got you. Mm-hmm. If, if we had like opened up Skype, we would have Skype callers. Sure. And sound effects. So that's basically, and me. So there's four things. Yeah. Every one of them now is solidly, at least I hope we got to. This, by the way, may be the worst fucking recording that's ever existed. What if it's terrible? You, all all you can hear is actually. Me. Do you want to know? <laughs> there, this will be a horrible moment. But again, it won't matter because if I wanted to, I could completely cut this out of the final product. Now, that's why I don't even need to worry about talking over people. Now, I mean, I shouldn't. Sure. It sucks when you're trying to listen to it. But uh, I could go. Hold on, smartcast.com forward slash. Sir, oh, what? There's not a link to it. No, there's not. It's like a pirate radio station now. Okay, and here we go. This is what we Brand. sound like. Part of the reason why my studio had to go through this experiment, it's not too bad. There's a little static there, and that may just be in the the transmission because uh, another thing I've had to rig here, you know, because obviously we were doing a little bit of live. 
Yeah. That audio, the audio either from this machine or the recording machine, I'm pointing at a mixer in case you don't know, either this mixer or that digital recorder has to be the source um, for the audio going to uh, the, uh, what are the, what are the, the transmitter. So, sure. Long story short, reason why I'm doing this is so that way now uh, I can, with confidence, go into Kevin's studio and get him set up the same way. So in the future, should you ever become so engaged again? So I'm a total again, guinea pig? Is that what's happening right now? Technically, yes. Not really, though. Oh, Actually, I you know what? Uh, it, I want, no, don't tell me I'm not. Don't okay, tell me yeah, I'm not Yeah, you are. A you're a guinea pig. Because <laughs> I had to see if it would work, and I could do it right, and I did. You're actually you're on the computer that is the last piece of audio that wasn't tested because uh, out of all of the ways I rig this, my favorite thing in the world are these silly USB based audio interfaces that you can get uh -huh. like these yeah. ones are from Behringer and you can adjust the volume. You can still have headphones coming out and you got inputs and outputs. But the whole point yep. is it, it can reduce all the audio to RCA plugs, which was very beneficial for me. So I was able to cheaply put this together. Um, but yours is the only one where I did something I was really concerned about because the audio is actually split at this point. Everything else, like both channels of audio are going from point A to point B. Yes. But coming out of this Mac and that USB interface, because the only thing that comes out of this Mac is somebody talking. So I don't have to be concerned about, um, you know, uh, the stereoness of the channel. Yep. But I've got uh, the left channel going to the mixer so I can hear it, and the right channel goes to the recorder. And I hadn't tested that yet because it's too – you're splitting the audio between two different electric sources too, which could be the source of that little buzzer noise you're hearing there. Um, but it, it, the whole point is every single channel will be different. So now it won't matter. Scott can talk. Kevin can talk or, you know, whoever his guest is, they can talk. They can even talk over each other. But after the fact, you can go and you can take out any reference you didn't want that you made uh, because you were stomping on somebody else's great point. Yeah. And that's and when I record audio, that's how I always do it, too. I always record onto two channels because I don't have sound effects or anything like that. I don't mm -hmm. I don't do any of that on like live. I do that in post because I don't go live. So it doesn't matter. I don't waste my time with your petty if, bullshit. Will if I went live. I don't even know. Like, I'd have to figure it out. But, um, you know, I always record on two channels where I have Skype going to one channel and myself going to another or in person. I, I use a Tascam US 1641, so I have, like, 10 channels. Ooh, nice. Um, And just record us separately, which in the room, it doesn't... It's It kind of makes it hard to cut because we're on different mics. But I have this... Um, I use the 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 Shure SM7Bs. Mm -hmm. So they're so um, directional that it basically makes it so everything is everything you say is right there. Like it's I'm only getting one person on every mic. Right. Well, that's um, the way it should yeah. be, though. So it's really easy to cut up. Yeah, it's it's cool. I'm really looking forward to it because I have got this, and I've also got uh, an intro for Pod U that I recorded, uh, and I use them as guinea pigs too. I'm like, hey, are you guys on Skype by any chance? You can call in and introduce your own damn show. So that's what I did. Uh, I'm really looking forward to doing this cutting though because this is before I was on the right channel and I and the sound effects were on the right channel. Callers and Trent were on the left. So sure. You know, now I can I can hear in both ears again, and, and it's 
it's all broken up. You yeah. can do whatever you want. You have full fucking editing control, sir. Do I I have it all. Can you like you have it all? If like if I said something shit all stupid while you were talking, nobody but the live people would ever know again. No one knows. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. I can't count how many times I've I, I, I didn't I didn't edit the shit out of episodes, but there's so many times where Steve and I on Getting Sketchy would go on a tangent mm -hmm. and it'd just be like, you know what? Why don't we just cut that 15 minutes? Because who cares about you and I talking about this? Like, it's something totally irrelevant to anything in the world. So let's cut that. And we totally could and make it work because we were on two separate channels. So we just found a way to cut it. Yeah, because it, there's some point where some asshole, well, pardon me, there's some point where the person you're talking to <laughs> can't. Oh, you better not cut that. Or, I, or, or yourself. Well, no, because I'm not saying you're the asshole, and I'm not saying <laughs> the person that does this is the asshole either, because there's no asshole in this scenario. All I'm saying is if, if, you're, if you've got your audio where it's all getting just jam-fucked into the same spot, eventually there's going to be something you want to cut, but you're not going to be able to because, like what you said, Scott may have finished it up perfectly, but then Kevin said something else on top of that. So yeah. now, because you don't have those separate channels, you have no way to separate Scott from Kevin. You have no clean out. So now you've got to either figure out a way to include Kevin's audio, which in animation terms would be hell. It was hell, man. It was so awful trying to figure out a way to make it work. And it actually made me a much better audio engineer because mm -hmm. I'd have to find ways to cut it and like crossfade it in the perfect way. Mm, get my another, nipples hard now. Yeah, like in the perfect way that Scott's VO went into another chunk of Scott's VO where he said something that would match something else. I, I hate to say it, but uh, there are moments in in my um, time editing audio. Uh, again, I apologize to interrupt you, asshole, but I'm not going to cut around it. Uh, my whole point is... Though, I, I love those moments where I'm able to take a trailing S for one thing, oh. marry it into a, an, a dominant S for the next thing, and just getting a seamless sound. And nobody knows that there's like 20 minutes that just vanish from reality. Yes. Yes. Or So sweet. Or my favorite thing, too, is when there's a little bit of a noise at the tail end of something, but you do a very tight but concise fade at the very end so it sounds like that person naturally stopped talking. Or... I'm giving away all the secrets tonight. I know. Right? I, have another, I have another sweet secret. Mm -hmm. Once Kevin started smoking and I had to cut that stuff in, give him a hint of a beginning of a cough and go into another cough. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you ever hear a cough... If, if you go out and you buy the Smotimation DVD or, or iTunes video or whatever and watch my cartoons, mm -hmm. that's what I did. If you ever hear Kevin cough, the reason why I left a Kevin cough in is because I was making a cut. Like, that's a cut point to a totally different piece of VO. See, that's a genius piece of work. I don't know if you've noticed, too. If you go back and listen to the early Smodcasts, not the early ones, but somewhere in the run, I'm relatively certain and, and this is where you can tell that the audio editing was being done with people from people that have had a film perspective, uh, because it, I really think there are moments where they couldn't hit a transition. So the Shecky barking and yelling at Shecky would be a drop in. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I can't say it for sure because it only Kevin and Scott know, but relatively certain there are at least a few moments where that happened. And, and I, I mean, I've only I've listened to those first like 
100 episodes a thousand times at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just go back and start Smod from the beginning because I love those first episodes. And and they've admitted that they cut on Avid for those first like 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're cut to shit. Like they're so cut up like editors cut. Mm-hmm. And like film editors cut where they don't think about the audio so much. And you could hear where the transitions cut. You could hear everything. But that's me, like, totally being an audio nerd, hearing it all. Well, I, I there's one thing I, I, I caught on, of all things, the TV show Prison Break. But it's true. And it was one of those fundamental truths that I got. And it's just, who would have imagined I got it there? And that's where they were looking at footage of an assassination, right? Of a, of a murder. And, and the whole point was the way that the gunshots happened and the location they were, there was no, uh, the, the reverberation wasn't there. There should have been more echo because sound is a living thing. It's waves that go out and they bounce off of things. Yeah. You know, and so there are, uh, I can, there are things that a video person won't pick up on and won't be as critical about that an audio person will. Because you're like, oh, I can totally. I can tell that the tone of the room is completely different. You know what I mean? There's an, a, a certain, I don't want to say, te- but there's definitely an atmosphere to any audio. And, oh, yeah, and when yeah, it's yeah. from a different place, it's you either got to really process the shit out of it or you're going to hear it. And I'm and I'm a total visual person. Like I'm an I'm not an audio guy at all in as much as I had I was forced to learn cutting audio to a certain extent. Mm hmm but still think visually about everything. So I'm not the best. It takes me many, many listens to get to the point where I notice something. Mm-hmm. But when I do notice it, then it stands out. And I point it out to everyone. And then they're like, are you crazy? That's why no it, one cares. That's why any of the edits that I put in, I, I will literally go to painstaking lengths to try and make them blend as much as possible. By the way, folks, uh, Josh said it best. Crossfade is one of your best friends. Oh yeah. Oh man. We crossfade. I my ninety percent of my job is crossfading crossfading audio at this point because I take a VO session and I have to cut together the best of this person talking. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I want to take like half of a clip from the beginning of what they said and the end of what they said. And make it one sentence. So I've learned to crossfade stuff like crazy, or at least get my audio guys to crossfade things like crazy. Mm-hmm. They and they're crazy talented. So it, you know, you can make stuff sound seamless if you're really good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, does anyone care about this? That's the real question, Will. You and I are having a blast talking about it, but everyone else is like, no one gives a shit about crossfading, guys. Uh, you know what? I believe it or not, I, I feel that there are people that will listen. My wife is not one of them. <laughs> but there are people that will listen to this section of this podcast if they find it. And they will they will listen intently. Because there are fascinating. There are little gems that are just being dropped here and there. Uh but folks, cool. I gotta tell you, if if you really want to take your audio editing seriously, you gotta step out of the freeware world. That's just my opinion. Oh, yeah. You know, having played with both video and audio editing, like uh, one of my personal favorites, even though it's got its quirks, is Adobe Audition. because That's what I use. I use Audition. Well, because it, it it's a great translation. When you get into the multi-track uh, editing, it, it's it, you feel more like you're working a linear editor. You can tell that's, that it was an audio product made by video visual people. 
Oh my god, yes. And the other thing is it has so many nice little plugins that mm-hmm. they're so easy to like for instance like adaptive noise reduction and the multi-band compressor. Come on. Come Dude, on. The multi if you've ever had a blown out recording, the multi-band process EQ processor thingamajig, that's yeah. your that's your savior. It's your it it's makes life so easy cuz it's like a few clicks try things out and see what sounds best. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's this easy to make something sound okay. Yeah. And by the way, folks, again, another thing, too, because I, I've heard it, and I've even complained about it, too, in the past. You know, when you get mad about, like, you can tell that there's sound cleaning on something because there's a weird digital effect to the noise. Yeah. That right there is a testament to making sure that your source audio is as good as possible. Yeah. Because after everything after that, you're fucking with. So, like that's why I'm, I I try to take uh, great pains to making sure that what we record and what's getting recorded anyway is as clean as it possibly can be at the point of capture. Because yep. you'd never get that moment back after everything after that. You got something digitally fucking with it. So, which is why you should never do a podcast with someone on Skype. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But dude, you got to admit, Skype has really opened. I mean, if I don't know that podcasting no, man, would be podcasting I, without Skype. No way, because there's no way I could be talking to you and Dieter Wagner and Harry Partridge and uh, Nathan Gray in the same week. Like, there's no way that that's possible. Like, I'm podcasting with people that I would never talk to that are like cool people. That I want to talk to. And me. That's what I said you. No, and you were num- me. I wasn't I think, really in there. I think you were number two. <laughs> so does my <laughs> wife. <laughs> anyway, folks, that's NetHeads for this week. Until next time, my name is Will. I'm Josh. And uh, thank you for filling in, sir. Uh, don't forget, yeah. go to FlushStudios.com. And also, go look at the Twitter that uh, NetHeads on air on Twitter tweeted about the video that- Ten thing- Ten things you'll learn in the first year of being a dad. That's my little short film. Uh, so basically, long name, ju- amazing. Results. Just remember, go onto YouTube and you search uh, ten things. And what's the name search of the search? Ten things Z Fest. There you Z. go. You can't it, it, really if you can't achieve that. What are you doing? That's what all you, I'm saying. What, what are you doing? Uh, don't forget, though, uh, also go to a apartofhim.com to find out everything about Trent. You can go to netheadsonair.com or willwilkins.com or I don't know. He's like, I got That's the end of the show. Netheads. This is Netheads with Will Wilkins and Trent Hunsaker signing off. Aww. I know, right? But stop being a little Nancy and deal with it. Netheads. 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 We'll be back soon. Goodbye. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. It must be a relief to know that there's no fire or gas that I'm running off to. I know. Time. We just kept going, and I, I was like, we got like an hour and 20 minutes in, and I went like, something has to go wrong, right? <laughs> I, uh, I mean, well, yeah, I, something, I, something been... went wrong. We went that long when I wasn't supposed to go that long. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to step out I'm to a world here. of hurt and hate. That's what I'm going to get. I'm sitting here going like, I, how long do I have to hold this fart in for? 
Uh, dude, we could have blamed it on a sound effect. Oh. See, you could have given me a cue. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, drop it. And like I and like I said, dude, you know, we got we got multiple channels now, so you can like let it oh, rip so and and we could have cut it. Where yeah, I'm just like where where I drop that like, uh, will <laughs> will uh, right now? Can you can you stop? Just just cut this right here. Let me clap. There you go. See, and then I could. <laughs> Oh man! Well, but you know what the professional thing to do is, right? It's difficult, and you do risk shitting yourself. But uh, what you do is you, it, much in the same way that you, it's a great way to to merge Kevin clips, you cough. Oh yeah. See, I don't know if I could pull that one off because I don't have that like bowel strength. I uh-huh. would shit my pants. I would shit my pants if I coughed and tried to let a fart go at the same time. It would be. be it. It, it would just end up with like. You just hear like tears and awful, awful noises of me just on the floor. Like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. I was on, I was on a podcast and I just shit myself. We were talking about Adobe Edition and then I pooped. I pooped. Well, you know, it, everybody does. They, they've even got a book about it. <laughs> it's true. The, the classic story that... um explains why I shouldn't podcast. That's what the book is about? I thought it was that <laughs> yeah. everybody poos. Yeah, but everybody poos, and then when you get to the end of the book, it's like, and uh, don't 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 try to fart while you podcast, because... <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't pull a stifter. Don't pull a stifter. 